On this episode of the 2X e-commerce podcast show, I talk with the founder of Mission Belt, a micro-adjustable belt that was successfully pitched and funded by Damon John on the US TV show Shark Tank. We talk about how his team managed to scale this business as well as the fine art of selling and marketing. Do stay tuned. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show, where we interview founders of fast-growing seven- and eight-figure e-commerce businesses and e-commerce experts. They'll tell their stories, share how they 2X their businesses, and inspire you to take action in your own online retail business today. And now, here he is, the man in the mix, Kunle Campbell. Nate Holsapple had a vision to create a company that made only belts, the first of its kind in the fashion industry. In June 2012, he launched Mission Belt. By spring 2013, Nate then appeared on ABC's Shark Tank, pitching the Mission Belt to seek capital investment. He struck a deal with Damon John, founder of FUBU, who in all respects is a fashion mogul and branding expert. Nate pitched to Sharks, that the old way of selling is dead, which we're going to talk about in this show. Um, along with running Mission Belt, Nate is also a keynote speaker, a brand branding expert, social media and small business growth coach. I'd like to welcome you to the show. It's, it's a pleasure having you on, Nate. Well, thanks so much. It's nice to uh, be on the show here with you. Fantastic. Could you take a minute or two to, to tell our listeners more about yourself, please? Sure. My name is Nate and I'm a salesman more than anything above all what I do. And that's how I describe myself. You know, when I fly outside the country and I come back in, they ask you to fill a little form and talk about your occupation, you know, and I, I'm a lot of different things for sure. But um, I always consider myself a salesman. And uh, I think we all need to be if we want to grow our businesses. Fantastic. So, so you, you talk about the old way of selling is dead. Um, could you expand a bit more on that, given the fact that you're a salesman first? You know, you look around and and you look at the see the people that you know made their money before the internet really existed. Now they're smart and they get business and that's totally awesome. Mm. But there's a major there's a there's a paradigm change that's gone from then to now. So before information used to be part of the negotiation. So if we, somebody wanted to get information on a new you know a ra- new Range Rover, they had to come down to the dealership, get a brochure, and talk to a salesman. Right? Mm-hmm. They have all the information basically hostage. Nowadays, you can just access it from online. So information is no longer a bargaining chip. And that's one of the main things that's wrong. Uh, beyond that, there's so many other details. But the main thing is that information is you know, freely available. A lot of times our customers know what you know, we're selling you know, before we do. And uh, they know all the specs and they know everything. And so we have to take it to a new level. And it all now becomes about loving customers. We're not holding anything. Mm-hmm. They can get – so we have to make sure that – we make sure that they get our product, our brand, our version, our service. So it's a customer-first approach. Well, yeah. It's a you – know, you know, love your customers. I have 10 commandments of selling and number two commandment is thou shalt love thy customer as thyself. It might sound a little bit funny but it's true. You got to love the customers more than anything. If you do that, then the money will follow. Okay. 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 From your LinkedIn profile, you actively run two companies. Um, one's Mission Belt and the other is the Nate State of Mind. Could you expand on how you, you, you sort of juggle between the two businesses at the moment? Mission belts. Obviously, we sell belts. We, you know, we, we, it's it's very simple. It's a it's a cool business, and it's just it's it's basic. You know, one of my commandments of selling: thou shalt keep it simple. 
I think focusing on something that's very specific. You look at all the different companies that are out there, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, it's uh, Nike makes shoes and certainly they make other products now, but they're a shoe company, you know, and you get Levi's and they're a denim company and you get, you know, skull candy or beats that's headphone companies and, mm-hmm. and there, there's money in specialization. So that's that business. I love that. Nate state of mind does uh, personal training, business training, customer service training. I do, of course I do speaking all over the country and, uh, you know, I, I haven't done anything outside of the U S yet, but I know that I've had some inquiries over the last couple of months. But anyway, the point is, is that it's a lot of, it's all person to person, how to sell person to person, how to communicate what you have to other people. And I actually have another business called nerd out multimedia, which does the online fulfillment of a lot of the strategies and things that I, uh, that I create for, you know, for companies, for their, you know, websites, optimize Amazon stores, video work, y- you know, um, landing pages, sales funnels, things like that. That's a lot in your plate. That's, that's quite a lot. So, you, so I reckon you travel quite often in, in the US. Yeah, I travel a whole lot and I don't have any hobbies. I like to work. It's what I do. It's my, it's, I, I don't follow sports. I don't, I don't even know who won the Super Bowl or the World Cup. I don't have a clue. Oh. But, I, but I love what I do and so it's a passion and it's a, it's, a, it's a hobby all rolled in one. And I have the best time doing it. So to me, it's, uh, the, work, the line between work and fun is, is very blurry. Right, right, right. So you're passionate about business. That's, that's brilliant. Would we expect to see you at some point in the UK or in London or in I Europe? Think- I think it's very likely. Okay. Um, just let us know. So we, sell, we sell products on, on Amazon in the UK and they're actually being sold there. But uh, I love, uh, I love uh, you know, traveling all over. Europe's a lot of fun mm-hmm. and uh, you know, UK is, uh, is uh, right there. I speak Spanish fluently but um, you know, really for the most part, you know, English-speaking countries, you know, those, are, those, are, uh, those are few and far between. So we've got uh, to love our neighbors, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, just for our listeners who, who don't know about Mission Belt because I have you know, a significant number of UK listeners, um, it's a buckle-less belt basically an innovation. I'm going to share the video on the, on the show links, but could you expand a bit more about Mission Belt, how it works? Yeah, so what it is, it's, yeah, it's a belt without holes. It works like a zip tie for your pants or like mm-hmm. a snowboard binding if you're you know, familiar with that. Basically what it allows you to do, it allows you to micro-adjust the belt to fit your pants all the time. And I don't know what people expect when I, when I, when I explain to them you know, the, the belt. You know, I think it sounds you know, like this big complicated weird thing you're going to wear. It's actually very slim, very slender. It it looks like a normal belt in many ways, except there's no holes. And they end up lasting practically forever because there's no holes. Mm. Uh, What advice? Okay. So you're a celebrated American entrepreneur, you know, with Nate, your brand, Um, you're growing. I could see a lot of activity on YouTube, on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. Um, and, And everything hinges on your personal brand. Right. And, Basically, for this, it all started in your pitch in, in Shark Tank. Um, how would you, well, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs who um, have only one chance to victory, right? And um, they're facing a pitch, basically, to grow their business or, or to, to make contacts of their business. How do they sort of hold themselves? to brace to through and, and um, be as successful people, as yourself. People ask me all the time, you know, people watch me on that show and I'm, I'm one of the best pitches of all time on that show or that mm-hmm. kind of show. And I didn't get beat up. And the name of the game is posture. I had so many people ask me about, hey, Nate, you know, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? That I actually, you know, wrote all the things down. It turned out there was 10 things. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, you know, funny to call them the 10 commandments of selling. You can download the 10 commandments of selling. It's an ebook. It's free. It's on my website. 
Okay. Uh, the NateStateOfMind.com, go get those. But following those things, that will make all the difference in the world. The Ten Commandments of Selling are are really are really where it's at, you know. And so, you know, it's all about it's all about representing yourself, being you, asking great questions, having you know having you know great listening skills, loving customers, keeping it simple, strategizing. You know, loving your customers. You really got to love those customers. You know, you mm-hmm. absolutely have to. Keeping it simple, eliminating distractions. You know, those are the things that it's about. And and they're so simple. But you know what? I, I found that the best things in this world uh, are simple. And, you know, you don't need to be, a, you know, the, the best salesman in the world to pitch your business. You need to be the best salesman in the world to be able to pitch any business. And I can pitch any business. Mm-hmm. But you can, you know, but a person can learn to pitch their own. They can get focused on this one thing and you can do it. And whether I create the pitch with you or you do it yourself, just make sure that you don't have you don't have any you know, like my belts, you don't want any holes in it, right? You want to make sure that you <laughs> stand there and say, Hey, I you know, such and such investor, I would like this in exchange for this. And for all of that, I'm gonna give you this, and this is what I'm gonna do, and this is how we're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. People wanna sign up with somebody that's winning. Nobody nobody minds working with an underdog, but everybody hates a loser. Mm-hmm. So you gotta come off as a as a as an up and coming winner as opposed to a loser. And as we get a little bit older, all of us, it becomes a little bit harder and harder to prove. I like that. I like that. Come across as a winner. Awesome. Good stuff. Good to. stuff. Yeah. Okay, right. Um what was revenue pre- Shark Tank, and what was the impact on the sh- on the on your Shark Tank um, um, appearance on, on revenue in 2013? So when we filmed the filmed the show, mm-hmm. uh, I had sold about thirty nine thousand bucks worth of these belts just to people by knocking doors and in a couple of small stores. Right, mm-hmm. pretty you know pretty pretty good results for a short thing. We air on the show and we do a million bucks in three and a half. <laughs> In three and a half weeks. Yeah, and then and then from there it's just been you know it, it's it's been multi million dollar figures ever since. But you know, but you know it it, it uh, you know I was able to pitch to the entire United States suddenly, right? It changes, mm-hmm. right? So you know, and you, you always look at all the all the crazy people that are on TV. I, I'm one of those crazy people, and sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, the stars align for a guy and it works. Now, not everybody who goes on that show sells that kind of volume. I mean, a lot of people go on there and they sell anywhere from three thousand to fifteen or twenty thousand dollars worth of stuff. So a million dollars is even is shocking even for that program. I remember, you know. Right. So, so so you sold to two to, to two audiences. You sold to, to, to Damon, obviously. Yeah. Um and then you sold to the entire America, basically. Yeah. Well okay, okay. So you killed two birds with, with, with one soon. And then what about revenue expectations now? Um, what are your financial what, what were you expecting this year to do this year with Mission Belt? Uh we actually are not discussing finances right now, okay. but tell you this that um a million dollars was a drop in the bucket of what we have accomplished and what was about to come forth. Okay. We grow uh we grow fast and a lot. I think right now I'd have to double check the mathematics on this, but I think we're you know, we're at first, we were doubling like every ninety days, just because it was just so crazy. And I think now we're, we're I think we've slowed it down. I think we're doubling every oh, I don't know, every six months. A bit of gravity there. Okay, all right. Well, you have to. I mean, you know, I, I mean, there's you know, at a certain point, you know, you've got to. It has to be. It's a rule. 
we're busting out of three facilities right now, currently looking for a new facility. I mean, there's you walk into my office. If you look on my Instagram today, I'll post a video. Okay. It just shows what it looks like walking into my office. I mean, my office where I'm supposed to just have desks and things, it's up to the walls with belts. Everything is. It's all the whole place is a it's a controlled forest fire, man. <laughs> are you still based out in Utah or Yeah, um, we are. Okay. Yeah, Utah's actually a great place to run a business. It's not far from LA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I you can run out there pretty quick. Uh, but you know, it's 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 uh, not expensive. You know, one of the things that's hard about a business is you end up having a lot of overhead, not only just employees, but, you know, taxes, real estate to rent. Utah's about half of all that. So awesome. it's a awesome. fantastic place to run, you know, at, you know, at high speeds, low costs. Uh, it's pretty awesome. And smart people, man. There are some smart people here. So it's mm. great. What about Damon's um, impact on um, what doors, what kind of doors has he opened for, 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 for the business? Well, I think more than anything, I mean, a, a lot of different ones, but the main thing is that, I, uh, you know, naively when we all get into business or we ever start doing something, we think, well, you know, you know, missionaries who, you know, you know, went to, you know, went to Africa in 1880. Well, I'm just going to baptize the whole continent. And it's, it's a great attitude to have to want to go out there and just take over the world, you know, and you start a little business and you think, well, I'm just going to go ahead and just, you know, I'm going to go get into Herod's or whatever tonight. And you want to do all these things, but you got to realize that you need to scale up. So when you are ready to deal with a big store like that, it's not your only client and that you're prepared. So, you know, it's, it's about that. And so Damon's helped me understand expectations and timelines. You know, we didn't even start going to trade shows until we had been in business for about, oh, geez, almost two years. Mm. And I think most people, the, the thing is they think, well, I'm going to go out, start my business, go into the hugest retailer in the whole world. That's going to make me a million dollars. And then I'm going to get a private jet and then we'll see what happens. And it's like, well, those things can happen, but there's actually – like, you know, the, I always believe that you got to get into the mom and pop shops first, the little shops. I don't know what you call them in England, but it's the shops that are, have, you know, two, three, four locations, one location, 10 locations. They're smaller. They will be more forgiving with what you're going to screw up on because you will screw up. If you don't think you'll screw up, you're kidding yourself. And then it'll also help you train and scale at that big level. Think about a professional athlete or somebody who lifts weights for a living. Can you imagine walking into the gym the first day and expecting to lift the heavy weights that Arnold Schwarzenegger right. and Lou Ferrino would lift? It'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. So you need to work your way up and build up. Now you can do that fast, but you still have to do that. So Damon has done that for me. He's he's helped us understand, you know, where we need to go and then creating the roadmap. And, and then that might sound crazy, but I mean let me let's put it this way. If I were to come to England right now mm-hmm. and then just walk around, do you think I would see more just walking around? Or if I got a professional tour guide or even you who lives there says, Hey Nate, let me just show you the areas and oh by the way, this is a great restaurant. You get more with with help, definitely. So, Damon's my tour guide of entrepreneurship, and now that he's shown me, guess what? I can show others. But, but it's it, he's been he's been uh, he's been phenomenal that way. The guy sold four billion dollars worth of clothes. Uh, that ain't bad. Not bad at all. Not bad. I agree. Okay. Um. What about this direct to consumer experience? Um. How 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 does it feel actually making stuff from scratch? And selling it on to customers direct. Do, sorry, can I ask? Do you distribute through retail outlets, or do you sell direct to exclusively direct to consumers from the website? We do both because okay. both is better. Okay, okay, okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's move into social media. Um, how are you currently acquiring customers? So right now, you know, you know, we you know, for the longest time we didn't, you know, we didn't really, we didn't really, um, uh, you know, have to think about, you know, a whole lot of 
things were coming on. You know, we just got on that TV show, and so everybody was buying. And we, you know, we had a hard time fulfilling all the products people want to buy from us all the time. But we finally started getting caught up, and then we decided, okay, we're going to start doing some stuff. But from day one, we knew that it was important to have social media. You know, because everybody knows that. But the, what the big secret on social media is that nobody knows is is if your social media is not linking people up to opportunities to buy things, then you are not going to realize the efforts, the fruits of your labors. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have social media and they're just putting it out there. And it's kind of like you know, sending a radio broadcast just you know, right out to Mars. There's nobody there. At <laughs> least, you know, and just, and just, I mean you can spend all the money you want broadcasting, but, but who cares if, who cares if you know, nobody's listening? So social media is a tool that I think everybody knows is important, but I've only, I think only about 1% of all people know how to use. So you know, we use social media as a way to, you know, to advertise and we actually make money using social media. Um, I know that sounds pretty uh, insane, but it's actually doable. We do do it. We'll launch something that's you know only on only on our uh, social media, and we'll get direct sales based off of that code or that coupon being used. The trick is not to overuse it. You don't want to have stuff that's on sale every other week. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be sorry. But you know, a couple times throughout the year, you can have a pretty great sale, and you can sell a lot of product. Okay. So so how do you go about it? Do you kind of space stuff out where? Um Maybe for every ten posts you you give, you give them Facebook, one is more salesy and the, the other are more fun. Cause- well, it's not, it's, it's not a formula like that per se, but there is this. So sales, like if you actually discount your product, you have to be very very careful. That's reserved to one or two times, maybe even three times a year mm-hmm. for any brand. That, that that's as much as you can do, it, in my opinion. And that's how you have huge sales. You have these huge sales where you you post something up on a Friday and over the weekend you sell fifty grand worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And everybody thinks, well, no, no, I want to sell more. And in doing so, it doesn't make it special. It's not great. Um, but the thing about it is, is that you know, um, you want to make sure that your social media is entertaining. Think about the television. If you were to turn on the television, it was all commercials. Would you turn it on again, or would you just leave it off? No, I'll just turn it off. So you've got to make sure that it's engaging and it's fun. Now, some products are not particularly exciting. I don't know if you've noticed, but belts are just belts. It's just leather that goes around your waist. It's not girls in bikinis or people having a great time drinking a you know drinking a, a beer or or Porsches or things like that. It's it's pretty it's pretty basic, right? But we've made belts in my opinion, about as fun and sexy as you can make a belt. We've done a good job of that. So you've got to take your product and you've got to give it a lifestyle. You've got to give it branding. When you go look at Mission Belt and you look at all the things we've done there, all the branding ties in. All the posts, you see a post and you know exactly what it is. Yeah, I mean your imagery is stunning. Um, I had a look at your Instagram and I saw a watermelon wearing a red belt. Yeah, and, that, and it looks really good. Uh, quite lifestyle house. We do everything in-house. We don't do any uh, anything outside. Now, if you have a small business, you can't afford to do it in-house. Mm-hmm. Well, then you hire, you know, like, you know, my nerd out multimedia to do it for you or you hire somebody, you know, to go out and do the things, but you have to make sure that you take an active role in your marketing because I'll tell you what, nobody's going to care more than you. That's mm-hmm. the truth. Absolutely. Okay, would you say social media is most effective after you've had big PR coverage? Because, you know, you're talking to, to millions potentially. Every time you publish stuff to Facebook or, or, or Twitter or Instagram, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people, see that or see your updates. Um, what, what comes in first? PR is an extremity. So PR okay. is, uh, is something you do once you've developed sales channels, once you've done things. Because really right now, if you, you know, if you go out, there's a company that came to me for some, you know, some advice and, um, they made the shirt. If you remember Michael Jackson, he used to wear this red kind of military dictator style shirt mm-hmm. and little black stuff on it. You know mm-hmm. the one? Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. Do you know the name of the company that makes that? No. Nobody does. 
the point is this, is that they were a little company and they had one of the most famous people in the whole world wearing their shirt on a daily basis. Hmm. And yet for some reason they were never able to quantify sales and that's because there was no place to buy it. There was no marketing. There was no advertising. There was nothing. So all the press releases in the world wouldn't have mattered. Press releases in my opinion are awesome. They're incredible. But the reality of it is, is that it's an auxiliary to marketing. It's an auxiliary to social media. It's an auxiliary to getting the product in the stores. If they had taken this product and they had figured out, hey, look, let's do a big deal with whatever, you know, with whatever, you know, superstore or mall and say, hey, look, we're going to have these products. We're going to have Michael Jackson's picture in there. We're going to have them up. You know, they're there. Then we say, hey, look, everyone wanted Michael Jackson's shirt. You can go get it. Check out where. And then there's, you know, a thousand different places where you can buy it or 400 places where you can buy it. Mm-hmm. But without places for people to go buy it, I mean, the website's nice, but it's not enough, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to be able to stretch out. In time, I think online will be enough, but right now it's still not. What about TV coverage? Should 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 brands or small businesses try and get TV coverage to to kind of boost their social media, or um, is is that lucky? Do they get lucky getting on television or you know really well, big media channels? If you can get on something specific like Shark Tank, like I didn't pay any money to be on Shark Tank, right? Mm. They had me on. I was a guest, right? So that's a free million dollar commercial, right? <laughs> Now you can sit here and say, well, you know, the only reason Nate has any money is he went on this show. Yeah, I'll show you a bunch of people who have been on Shark Tank who don't have any money. And I'll tell you, it, that was a good springboard and we made the most out of it. But it was part of a much bigger thing that's happened since. It's just riding that wave bigger. So the thing about it is, is TV ads – so you got to think of TV. TV is a shotgun and it blows, you know, it blows pellets out all over and just kind of – it's a big wide spread. Mm. What you really, really want to do when money's tight and if you have a little business, money's tight. You want to make sure – that you are hitting your exact demographic. Now, if you're selling Coca-Cola or you're selling Fords or you're, you know, or you're selling, oh, I don't know, you know, hamburgers at McDonald's, yeah, TV commercial makes a lot of sense. Why? Because everybody eats and everybody drives. It's a no-brainer. Everybody's your customer, right? Mm-hmm. Now, let's say you're selling, you know, you're, you're, you're selling computer routers. Do you want to put a commercial on TV? No, because only a quarter of the percent of all the populace is going to be even interested in knowing what your product is. And then 3% of that may convert if they go to your website. It's a horrible idea, right? So mm-hmm. you've got to make sure that you know, you're, 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 you're being able to do it. The thing that's so brilliant about marketing online with social media and online marketing and things like that, uh, specifically you know, promoting Facebook ads and things like that, the thing that's so phenomenal is you can actually target and focus in more. So every time your message is heard by somebody, it costs you something, right? Mm-hmm. So if I go to – I go to the BBC and say, hey, I'd like to, you know, have 30 minutes on Friday evening about 730. They're going to want a lot of money for that, right? Mm -hmm. Then if I go and say, hey, you know, whatever radio station out in the middle of Australia, you know, that, you know, out in whatever territory, I say, hey, I want to be on for 30 minutes. Well, that's going to be a lot cheaper, won't it? Mm -hmm. The point is, is there's a reason because every time another person hears your, hears your message, the cost goes up. So the great thing about it is, is TV is very expensive because everybody watches it. But your exact market segment may not be paying attention and you're not going to be able to get the same dollar per set of eyeballs or ears. Where on social media or online, you're going to get a more exact figure. You're going to have more concentration of getting your information to those people and then you won't be paying for the ones that don't want to listen. You you applied for for, for Shark Tank and um, did you have a plan B if you you didn't get um, a place in Shark, Shark Tank? Oh yeah, we were just selling. I mean, I, I mean, I sold thirty nine thousand dollars of these things, you know, myself out of you know out of three months. So, 
that was going to be happening anyway. Shark Tank was just a bonus if it happened. And, you know, 40, 50,000 people apply for that show every year. It was a long shot. Got on it. It was lucky. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Okay. Let's continue talking about social media. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on YouTube as a channel versus Facebook and Instagram? They're all different things. YouTube's amazing. Um, it's a dedicated video channel. It's wonderful. It's a great place to have programming and things. Facebook obviously is, uh, you know, the you know kind of the the most relevant and the oldest social media form that anybody's using right now. Nobody's using MySpace anymore. Uh, and then Instagram is another thing. So Instagram has awesomeness and it's very popular right now, but it has some weaknesses. There's no way to have direct links unless you link something in a bio. But if you put a post on there and you say, hey, look, you want to see this shirt or buy this shirt or read my post that I wrote for whatever, you know, whatever magazine, you have to put it in the bio and point people up to that. So there's a little bit of a disconnect. Mm-hmm. So it's not as engaging. Whereas Facebook, that allow you to put in links videos from YouTube and link them right up to it. Now, you know, there's two different things. When you link a video, you'll have a small little video viewer. But when you put a video directly into YouTube or in, right into Facebook, it'll actually show up bigger and it'll get more notice. So the best way to do that is to typically take a video, make a shorter portion of it, upload it to Facebook, and then have the link below it and say, hey, if you like that, here's the rest which is on YouTube. Yeah. To, get the, to get the post noticed, you almost have to do that. And I think, uh, you know, YouTube does it on purpose. They're smart. They're not dumb. Yeah, yeah. Everything is kind of like deliberate when you think about it. I think Instagram is is set up that way deliberately. But let's see how far, how long it lasts for. Okay, how would you engineer word of mouth marketing? Is it engineered? Is it is it engineered into the product, or do you is it engineered into into marketing or both? Okay, so my my commandments of selling: thou shalt eliminate distractions. Thou shalt ruthlessly eliminate distractions. So you've got to get rid of distractions. So here's my point is you've got to make your product and your service a no-brainer. When someone is confronted with your product, they've got to say, yeah, I'll buy it. Yeah, that's cool. And so a large percentage of people will say yes. And then they'll go home, show a friend or a family member or somebody, and those friends and family members will also go out and buy them. Now, that's the magic of Mission Belt. It's a great belt. It's a fantastic price point. You can buy a belt for me for uh, 35 to you know, $40 for the most part, you know, it's, it's very economical and it's a great belt. It's a $60, $70 quality belt in my opinion. Mm. And it's a no brainer. So when you're trying to go out there and, and, and create that, that word of mouth, the only way that's going to happen is if the product is truly great mm. and it doesn't have to be the best product. It just has to be a no brainer. Like, you know, here in America at McDonald's, right? McDonald's has a, uh, a program. It's called the dollar menu and you can go buy a cheeseburger for a dollar. Now, it's not the highest quality hamburger you've ever had. In fact, it's probably one of the worst, right? But it's consistent and it's very clear about what it is. McDonald's is a fascinating business. Whether you feel like it's a healthy place to eat or not, that's totally irrelevant. They're selling billions of hamburgers every single day and week, right? They're amazing. And so my point is this, is that that that's a no-brainer. You're confronted with a hamburger even though it may be low quality or not natural or unorganic or whatever, but it's a dollar, one U.S. dollar. You say, well, okay. Okay, I'll buy. I'll take two. It's a no-brainer. And so that's how you get something going. I know that sounds like kind of a maybe a, an evasive answer, but the truth of it is is you have to have a product that's a no-brainer. You get confronted with it and you say, yeah, why wouldn't I do that? No, I agree, I agree with you. All, all of the, the, the brands, the e-commerce brands that have been in this show um, that have had success or seen success in word-of-mouth marketing have had just – terrific products you know just worthy of praise and that's how they spread the word naturally let's talk about instagram your personal instagram profile has sixteen thousand five hundred followers and growing huge engagement 500 likes per post how did you do it so at first um at first what i did was i i I would well i'd post things that i thought were cool that i liked 
But the other thing I made sure to do is, is that I would follow people back at first. Mm-hmm. I don't do that now unless I think it's something really, really interesting. It's got to be too many people. But if you look, I actually follow almost a thousand people myself. Okay. And those are people kind of from the early days that were early on or somebody that I think is relevant and super cool. It's important to engage. If you look through my Instagram right now, you'll see that I respond to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, that's huge. Most people, they just want to, you know, kind of post something and then, you know, kind of wait for the rest of the world to kind of just, you know, leave their comments and then not get anything back. Be the superstar. <laughs> yeah, superstar. And, you know, and I don't think, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the best way to do it. I think even if you had big, big, huge names like Tom Cruise who would actually go back and engage with people, man, I'll tell you what, your popularity would even go up even more because you know, I'm just Nate. I'm this, this dude who sells belts and, you know, and I, you know, and I write for, you know, the Huffington Post and I get to do all kinds of things and I'm a philanthropist, right? Because I've helped over 20,000 families become independent and all that. It's great. But the thing about it is, is it's all about engagement. It's about creating a conversation. And what people miss on social media is it's not a conversation. Why have all the why have all the benefits of of social media if you're not going to use them? TV, no customer can talk back to you and say, "Hey, I love this" or "I like mm-hmm. that." Mm-hmm. Actually, go back and say, "Hey, thank you so much." So when someone new follows me, I'll usually post a thing and say, "Hey, thanks for the follow." I'll post it right in my post, and they'll say, "Oh, no problem." And it's about getting communication, and getting stuff going. And I could even be better than I am, but it, it, it's starting to work pretty good. And it's I've noticed that as I've gotten you know more and more, you know, the breaking point for me was. I remember I remember I hit one spot where I hit about 6,000 and it took forever to get to 6,000. And then after 6,000, you know, it just started going. I think I've probably gone from 6,000 to where I'm at now probably in the last year, you know. Okay. Uh, how, how old is your account? Uh, my account's probably maybe uh, maybe 2 years old. Two years, well, okay. And it's just my personal stuff. I mean, it's just it's just whatever I think is meaningful or whatever. It's great you know? content though. It's great content. It's straight, yeah, just I mean it's, there's not I mean my my personal one, there's not really a there's not really like anything, you know, and in my opinion, terribly clever about it. It's just, you know, me being myself and giving them a chance to, you know, focus on people and let them talk about what they want to talk about and then responding to people. You know, there's so many people, you know, I'll like somebody's posts on Instagram. Even if it's somebody I'm not following, I'll see somebody that likes somebody of mine. I'll go in there. I'll look at it. If I see something I like, I'll like it. And people will freak out. They'll say, Nate, you like my post. That's so cool. I have posts that people will post. Of me liking their thing, it'll say Nate Holtz. I liked your post, and that's their Facebook post, or that's their Instagram post. And so, you know, being cool and being real, there's nothing wrong. There's no magic that gets taken away from me when I like somebody else's post. People are worried that that's going to lower their status. Not at all. People love a high five. They love it, and saying hello to them or shouting out somebody's name. There's nothing wrong with that at all, you know. And so it can grow. It can be a thing. You know, and I'm crazy on top of that. So I'm the product on my own personal one, right? And people like crazy. I'm crazy. I'm practically insane. Would you also suggest brands or e-commerce brands similar to Mission Belt um, actually um, respond to 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 to, to comments on, yeah. on social media? Yeah, and if you look at Mission, we do that. Now, Mission, we've never we've never followed anybody back on Mission. Mm-hmm. Mission, we've always wanted that to be you know clean, whatever. My one personal one. It's people who are interested in me and what I'm doing. So they have a comment about, you know, my sunglasses or they like, you know, what I'm doing with, uh, you know, my son or they think I'm an idiot because of whatever. And they'll say so. Right. For the most part, mine's pretty, pretty positive. But but with mission belts, we've wanted to really keep it just like, hey, if you're interested in following the brand, go ahead. But we don't really do a lot of follow and, you know, a lot of follow back stuff. That's not the that's not the that's not the method on that one. I think for a, a brand. Uh, you have to stick more to that. And I think for a personal brand, well, you can be a little bit more personality and, hey, how are you? I think. Okay. 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 So, so brands, well, what about commenting? Um, would, would you suggest a brand comment on, on platforms like oh, Instagram? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, for sure. You know, no, you, you want to respond to all your followers. We do that on all of our stuff. What we just don't do is we don't go out and follow other people. Now, okay. you know, belts are cool and it's neat. And if you buy one, you might not even, I mean, there's obviously way more than 5,000 people have bought mission belts, right? <laughs> like, like way more, right? Yeah. But, but, but not everybody's going to be engaged there. They see it in a store, they bought it online. That's it. Now for Nate Holtzaffel, um, it's the other way around. So there's, you know, there's 16,000 people that are following me, but those 16,000 people doesn't necessarily mean that they've ever paid me anything. Mm-hmm. It just means that they find my story inspiring and awesome and neat. In fact, a lot of the people who pay me a lot of money, they don't follow me on any social media. They see it. They're like, wow, that's cool. Let's get Nate in the office. And then they'll send me a check for $20,000 and I'll come in and I'll talk to him for a little bit, right? So, I mean, it's just – so not everybody who's paying you is going to be on there. Um, you know, whereas a product base, it's a little bit more like that where, yeah, the people who like the things, they, they own the product. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm inspirational. I'm, I'm weird. I'm crazy. I'm funny looking. Whatever it is, people follow my account. Mission belts, they do it because they like the belts they already own. And you wear lots of sunglasses. I've, I, don't, I, I don't think I've actually seen your eyes. Okay. Um, right. I, wear, I, wear, I wear Ray-Bans. <laughs> all the time. All the yeah, time. All crazy. the time. Okay, evergreen questions. And what does your team look like in Mission Belt? So we've got smart people and then we have some smarter people and then – we have some really smart people and they're all smarter than me. The name of the game is surrounding yourself with really smart people. We've got, you know, we've got all the standard things that a, that a you know, that a mid-sized, you know, to small business would have, you know. We got about 40 something employees and and there's a, you know, we got vice presidents and CFOs and you know, an operation guys and we've got guys who run the warehouse and we've got, you know, customer service, you know, department and all these different things, you know, there's, so there's, there's a variety of jobs and things. Uh, one of our, but I'll tell you, one of the things that I think is so overlooked in a business is our, is our design department. We've got a great in-house design team that does an amazing job. We do all of our own photography, all of our own product shots. Whenever you see the curled up crazy uh, belts, there's a guy that we have working for us, George. George is phenomenal. He does incredible work. The guy's the the man he's awesome mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. frankly i mean i could sit here and take credit for all the stuff we do but tr- frankly it's the designers that that create the posts you know cuz you know having good ideas is important but execution is important and george does a great job of tying that all in and making it and making it great you know and then at nerd out multimedia i've got you know i've got drew and drew does all those these people that surround you and make your team work the, the but the but the thing of a leader or somebody who's going to go out and you know, start a business or do whatever or run a team within a business. I mean, even if you don't own your own business and you're responsible for people, the name of the game is being good at coordinating people and coming up with plans so everybody can work together. You know, a lot of times we walk into a kitchen, you see all these ingredients, you know, as important as each individual ingredient is. And I mean, you know, honey makes things sweet, sugar makes it sweeter. And, you know, everything's got its, its job without a chef there to put it all together. Well, it's just it's just ingredients, it's ingredients yeah. right? Yeah. And that's kind of that's how that's how the people and parts of a business are. I'm just an ingredient myself without you know without all the others, right? By myself, I'm just or I'm or I'm just a chef without any ingredients. Who cares, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. What what about company culture? Um, what does company culture look like? So company culture is important. I mean, obviously, you've got to make sure that you know employees love what they're doing, and it's not easy to do because there's a fine line between being you know, a, a friend or a buddy or a pal. And, you know, I, and I, I have a friend, you know, and she's, she's, she's great. She lives down in LA and she has a business and she treats all of her employees like they're, like they're girlfriends. And consequently she has the same problems you would have with your girlfriends. 
And, you know, it, it's it, it, it's troublesome. And then I've had other jobs where I've worked for a place and it's like a total totalitarianism, you know, working for Adolf Hitler, Dafür, and it was just like, <laughs> you know, marching boots, marching orders, and you do it, you know, this or that, where that's it. And there's this fine line and it's, and it's going to be different for everybody for sure, whatever, but creating something that is going to be good enough for 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 people to want to show up to work realize it's a job still treat it like a job but like being there well it's it's hard and in mission we've been able to accomplish that it's a fun place it's a, it's a cool place to be and you know the name of the game though i think with company culture is getting the right fit and feel with the right people because not everybody's going to work in every environment you know what i mean i mean there's some guys out there who are some just incredible managers but if we hired them at mission people would be unhappy and vice versa, you know what I mean? It's 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 about finding a fit that works for everybody. The Beatles, you know, I love the Beatles, but the Beatles were best when they were all together. You know, Brian Epstein made it happen and it worked. Now, if he had tried to promote some other band, it probably wouldn't have been as big a hit. I think we can all agree on that. You know, stars align. So, you know, mission is 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 that. It's it's the right people at the right time doing the right job. And then once you create that that culture and all those things that are going on. Then it really makes things happen, you know. Okay. How, how do you hire people? Is there any set list of procedures, or um, do you go by gut instinct? It's got to be gut instinct. I, I got to tell you, you know, I I don't see now. I'm not a college, you know, graduate. I didn't go to college, so you know, I'm not particularly picky about college degrees. I know some businesses still are, but I think as you, I think as you see time progress, I think you'll see people who care less and less about that. I'm more interested in results. Um, so hiring people, you know, it's more of a, let's meet them, talk to them, see what they're like. You know, I look at a resume and I wad it up and throw it in the trash most of the time. Cause it says the same junk that everybody else does. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I'm reliable, I'm creative. I know how to use Microsoft word. Um, here's three nice people that will say nice things about me. Uh, who cares? It's a bunch of crap. Right. <laughs> and so I, I, I will usually, you know, boil it down to just, you know, talking to people. And I, I think that the best way to hire people is to get yourself a couple of good people. Once you have some really good people, then you hire based off of relationships. So if you come to mission, almost everybody who's there is related to somebody in some sort of a relationship. Now, it doesn't mean, you know, we have brothers and cousins working for us, but we also have, anyway, and not my brothers or cousins, even though my brother's a business partner, we have employees who will come in and they'll hire somebody that they've known for 20 years. Mm. So because we like, because we like Wes, Wes's brother Dustin and Dustin's dad are also probably going to be okay. Why? Because Wes says they're okay. And we've had a great experience with Wes. So getting your employees to refer you their friends and family that they like personally, that they would want to work with, can be great if you like working with that employee. Now you get an employee who's a total pain in the neck and they refer you somebody, well, that might not work out. But if you have people that are doing a great job and you've worked with them for six months or a year and they're great, hire their friend that they say is so good because I'll tell you what, they probably are. You, there's no way that you know, have three, four, five, ten interviews. You're never going to catch a person the way they really are. It's never going to happen. Do you agree? I mean, Absolutely. You're getting the you know whatever you know even right now you might be getting the Nate show if my life wasn't so public there'd be no way to know but you can look through my Instagram and you look at all the people I work with and all the stuff I've created whatever and you say well okay this guy obviously does know something because it's out there most people are not you know like me you can just search me on Google Google Nate Holtzapple and then there's pages and pages of stuff out there right videos and everything but most people don't have that kind of a reputation so you need to be able to figure out who they are the quickest way you possibly can and honestly. Five interviews, no matter how many resumes, that net, people are always going to be on their best behavior. It's like a first date. 
Mm-hmm. You, you don't get to know them and there's no way you can get married after one or two dates. The best way to do it is really hire people that are referred to you by other people that you like that work for you. I think absolutely. that's the, absolutely the people you trust. Hi, yeah, and you, by you, the way, those, those names I mentioned to you are true. We love Dustin and we love, you know, Wes and we love Wes's dad. So, you know, so that's a, that's a group of guys. And then we have their cousins working for us. <laughs> and those guys are actually the cousins of one of the partners at the belt business. So, I mean, you go down there and everybody like knows everybody somehow. And then we all play soccer on the same soccer team, you know, football. Awesome. So, you play soccer. Okay. All yeah. Right. We love, we love, you know, uh, in fact, we actually bought TVs for the, for the, for the warehouse and everything. So when the, when the world uh, cup was going on, everybody could watch why they worked. And I'll tell you, that made for a very, a very peaceful environment. Well, it's great, you know, because they're going to be, they're going to be checking the scores on their phone anyway. Why not just have it up so they can have a belt in their hands while they're doing it? Do you follow the English premier league or am I taking it too far? <laughs> me personally, well, me personally, I don't follow leagues, whatever. I like playing it, but at the office you'll find that my goodness, those guys down there, they're aficionados. Like I enjoy it. I have, I have a really nice pair of soccer cleats. They were like 200 bucks. <laughs> I like playing, but the guys out of the office, I mean, we have season tickets to the, to the local team here in Utah. I mean, we, the, the guys, they're diehard. They follow everything. So yeah, I'm sure they follow that and, and a bunch okay. of other things. Okay. Yeah. So good stuff. Okay. What are, what are your three indispensable tools for managing mission belt and your businesses in general? Uh, indispensable tools. I mean, as in like physical tools or uh, as- uh, software. Or, um, it could even be physical tools, but yeah. what what okay. can so, you not do to manage your? I don't want to. I don't want to sound take. like a total moron by just saying this, but I'm going to because I think people. I think people sit down. And they think, well, I need all this fancy software and all this stuff to make a business go. What'll make a business go really, really well right at first? Pen and paper. That's how you keep track of your customers. I did it for years. In lieu of that, though, a very nice smartphone. I believe. Uh, I, I think the best phone to have is honestly it's a it's an iPhone because you can you can get it to work on your computer as well so you can text on your phone and you can talk to people on the phone. Um, having that, having a great laptop, and then let's face it, you know, <laughs> being able to use the two things that's the name of the game. Um, if you ever watched the movie Top Gun, do you remember the movie Top Gun with yes. Tom? Mm-hmm. Well, the guys always talk to him and say, "Hey, you know, whenever you're in an emergency, you always go to guns. You always go to guns. I always believe you go to phones." So as soon as it's humanly possible, as soon as you get a, a contact from a customer or whatever, the temptation would be to email them back you know, for the first contact. Email them back and tell them that you're going to be calling them. Go to phones. Go to phones. So many, many people, you know, they use all this technology and they forget about this old school thing called the telephone, Alexander Graham Bell. Mm-hmm. He knew what he was doing. And the phone, that is so much more engaging. Well, that's why we're doing this interview over as opposed to me just you know, texting all the messages, right? Mm-hmm. It's different, mm-hmm. isn't it? And so, you know, so that, so always go to phones, go to phones. So those are two great tools, laptops and iPhones. And then of course, uh, you know, the third, the third best thing, you know, I think and everyone entrepreneur will agree this. It's a tool within a tool. It's a uh, Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> you know, that, Absolutely. The numbers, uh, the numbers, the numbers. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, that, that makes, uh, that makes pencil and paper seem like, uh, you know, a sphere. you know, it's, it's not, you know, you want a machine gun and that's what that is. So, you know, it's, you know, that's, that's key. And, and, you know, some people we have, you know, we've got MBAs and all kinds of smart people down there at the office, you know, one of the partners, he's an MBA and the guy is a spreadsheet God. He's mm-hmm. amazing. And so being able to use that tool properly will help you scale a business, uh, you know, to a next level. And of course, you know, if you don't, if you're not familiar with it, you can take classes or you can even hire somebody to do the work, but you need to make sure that you're on top of it and keeping everything quantified. And I know that's part of our success. Mm-hmm. Good points. Good, good, good mm-hmm. points. Okay. Um, if there's one person you, you you could just choose to be a visionary, who would it be and and why? It's easy to look around and see all these people that are in the news and all these people doing these amazing things and everything. It's totally incredible. One of the stories, though, that's always impressed me 
is this guy, he started this, you know, he wanted to do this company and he had a, he had a company and he was making handlebar uh, grips for bikes, you know, the kind that go on there and they have the streamers on them or whatever. And this is like 1981 or something. And he's got this business and he says, you know, I'm killing, I'm doing this thing. He comes to a, a guy that I know, my friend's name is Steve. Steve's just died a few years ago. So Steve's much older than I am, but he goes to Steve and says, Steve, I want to start a sunglasses company. And, uh, my friend Steve since he says, Steve says, well, why you got a great business. You must be killing it. He says, yeah, I have 90% market share. He says, well, that's great. He says, well, no, it's only a $10 million a year industry. So I'm selling $9 million worth of stuff and I'm making, you know, I'm making a million dollars and that's great, but my business is no longer growing. And I love that because you know what? Even if the paychecks keep coming in, if the business fails to grow, well, are you really getting richer? You're kind of not. At that point, you just have a job that pays you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Why not have a job that pays you a lot of money and be getting richer every day, right? Mm-hmm. So this guy does this and he goes to Steve and he says, hey, I want to borrow some money to do the sunglass company. And my friend Steve says, okay, I'll lend you the money to do it, so on and so forth. So this guy goes out, takes the money, actually wanted an investment at first. My friend Steve says, no, but I'll lend it to you, right? And so anyway, he goes out and starts this company and uh, you may have heard of it. It's called Oakley. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, so Oakley becomes this huge, huge thing that's worth billions and billions of dollars. And I'll tell you what, this is a guy who had a good business and said, you know what? It's not growing fast enough. It's dead. It's, it, I'm, I'm at the top of my thing. What's next? And he got into something so simple. This is a guy who made tons of money selling the stupidest things you've ever heard in your life. Dumb as belts. Dumber. It's just sunglasses. I mean, belts are stupid. Sunglasses? That's just as dumb. It's a dumb idea. And the dumber the idea, the more simple it is. Remember my 10 commands of selling. Yeah. Thou shalt keep it simple. And I'll tell you what, sunglasses is genius because it's so dumb. And so this guy took a little idea and just made him, made him cool, shaped him, branded him, and did this thing. And nobody needs to know how you put on a pair of sunglasses. There's no customer education required, right? Right, right. You can talk about why they're cooler or better, but you know, you look at them and you're like, oh, those are cool. And everybody knows the name. And so to me, that's an inspirational story that I loved. And it reminds me that no matter how well we all think we're doing, there's something beyond. There's something more. And it doesn't involve curing cancer or coming up with the next smartphone. It involves taking something stupid like a hamburger, a pair of sunglasses, or a fishing pole and somehow making it so much cooler than everybody else. Because really, if it is, if you put on a pair of sunglasses from Oakley and you put on a pair of my Ray-Bans, is there a difference? Not really. They both do the same thing. I mean, you know, and, and honestly, you put on my belt and somebody else's belt, my belt fits better. It's cool. It might last longer. But you know what? Belts have been around since what? I mean, I, I, I'm, pretty, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure at, the, at the, you know, the time of Jesus Christ, I bet you Pontius Pilate, I bet you he was wearing a belt around his little, uh, his little, his little uniform or whatever to keep his sword on. Belts have been around a while, right? Ain't new. It's just marketed new, made new, and it's cool. And so you always have to think about that. So to me, that's the story that I like because it reminds me that, you know what, anything can be better and you have to focus in on what that is. You don't need to cure cancer. You don't need to turn dirt into oil or gold. You just need to offer something simple that's a no-brainer, a McDonald's hamburger for a buck. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dumb ideas work. Um, keep, yes, it, keep it simple. <laughs> keep it simple. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't – I didn't know what direction the the interview was going to go because I thought it was just going to be really social media, but the, this is really deep stuff. Um, really, really good golden nuggets here we have here. I'm crazy, man. I told you, I'm insane. <laughs> okay, so what has been your best mistake to date? By that I mean a, a setback that's given you the biggest feedback as an entrepreneur. 
Well, I'll tell you, man, you know, it's once again, you know, uh, you know, part of my success is because I, I'm too dumb to be nervous. You know, people ask me when I went on that show, they say, well, Nate, you're on that show and 8 million people are watching you and all these, all these big investors are watching the whole thing, the whole country's watching, whatever. Is that nerve wracking? I'm too dumb to be nervous, you know, and there's a, there's a, there's a sort of a, there's sort of an, a brilliance in being, you know, just oblivious to being embarrassed. You know, I don't, I don't worry about it. So being naive is a good thing and a bad thing. So in a sense, it's good because it allows me to operate. And, you know, now I've become myself and I just say whatever I think. And, you know, I'm wearing a pair of shorts right now. I'm at the office and I'm wearing shorts and I don't care what anybody thinks. You know what I mean? It's my own thing. And, and nobody thinks anything of it. It's cool, right? Because I can do whatever I want. But part of that naivety is, you know, thinking, well, I'll go from day one to I'll go from I'll go from nothing to Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll go from zero and I'm going to be in the biggest retailers in the, in the country or in the world. It's great to do that, but I know that I, I, I originally tried to get a hold of some of these buyers. I couldn't get a hold of them. I couldn't even get through the door at first. You know, before I went on Shark Tank, mm-hmm. I couldn't get through. But once I did, you know, get a hold of Damon or whatever, he sat me down and said, "Nate, you're not ready to lift these bigger weights," and that made it so, so, so clear for me when he explained it to me that way. Mm. I thought, I thought, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's right. So, so my big mistake that I learned from was thinking, well, I can do it all. And I mean, to a degree, it's good attitude to have, right? Because that's how you go out and get stuff done. I remember when I was going to start the belt business, I had people who literally laughed at me and said, that's not a business. That's a product. That's not a business. That's not a business. Nobody laughing now, right? <laughs> but, but people were laughing. They thought I was an idiot. You know what I mean? People, even after I did my thing, people thought the Nate State of Mind was stupid. Now everybody sees how much money I make from doing that and how many people I'm able to help and how many wonderful things get changed because of the Nate State of Mind. Now nobody laughs, right? And so it's, it's – so, so having that sort of that kind of that blind, that blind, hey, I can do this thing, you know, based in reality, will make it happen. But it also, you know, it, it, I've learned from I've learned from mistakes. I'll tell you, I'm 36 years old. I've lived in three countries, five states, and I'll tell you what, man, I have made the mistakes of a 75 year old man. <laughs> And I've learned for every single one of those, you know. And sometimes I get the whole lesson or part of it. You ever you ever read a really, really like a really deep book or you're reading Shakespeare or you've got somebody terribly articulate and clever talking to you and you have to actually ask them to repeat something? Hmm. You're getting most of it, but you're not getting all of it. So I'm not saying that every lesson I get I learn hundred percent from, but I'm learning something from each lesson. Hmm. And so that's the that's the thing that that's the that's the setback is the is the thinking you can you know do all these things and then realizing whoa I just wasted you know fourteen hours trying to get into this huge store when frankly I'm not ready I'll be if I got in and got the call I'd be embarrassed and I wouldn't be able to fulfill I'd burn that bridge so early on so I I think probably I, I've caught myself before they they become trouble but I have wasted time and wasting time is a is a shame because in the end of the day the difference between you me and a homeless guy on the street is what we do with our time mm-hmm. right. That's all it is because, you know, my, well, my, my dad's a teacher, man, and I don't know what it's like in England, but, you know, here teachers don't have any money. And so, you know, my dad, my dad, I mean, I was 13 when my dad got done with his PhD, you know, my dad has a PhD in first century Roman history. Okay. I, I know, I know that sounds really lucrative, but it really isn't. And so um, I'm just kidding. It's not, it, there's no money in it. And so the point is dad's brilliant. He writes books. He's this really smart, successful guy, but there's no dough in it. So anyway, didn't have really any money growing up. You know, I turned, you know, I, I, when I turned 18, you know, there wasn't a I didn't get a car or a big chunk of money from my dad or anything like that you know I I, I went out and lived life and moved to South America right so everybody's got to do something and I guess the point is this is that there's no there's no kink to it you know I don't have a college degree 
all I did was I used my time better than somebody else might have. That's it. It's time management. And so wasting time has taught me a lot about not wasting time. So my biggest setback, wasting time. Have I learned from that? You bet. Absolutely not bad for a 36-year-old though. So, not bad yeah. for a 36-year-old goofball from America. <laughs> okay. Um, could, if you could choose a single book or resource that's had the highest impact um, in, in growing and building your business, um, which one would it be? Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Outliers. Mm. I'm constantly singing its praises. And Outliers is an amazing book because it talks about what it becomes takes to become an expert. So, you know, long before Mission Belts was going, I've been a salesman, right? I think mm-hmm. a lot of us, you know, and, and I think, you know, the younger we are, the more anticipation we feel. We at 21, 22, we say, well, I want to be, I want to be successful. I want to be a millionaire. I want to be rich. I want to, you know, be on TV. I want to, you know, have a company. I want to do all these things. But the reality of it is that you don't have the experience in the most cases to do that. Now, there's some freak show things that, you know, you come out and you're Mark Zuckerberg and you create Facebook. That's a great idea. Um, it's awesome. You know, it's, it's totally great. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, though, he hasn't come out with any new businesses. No. Right? I mean, it was great. It was, it was right timing. It was awesome. It's totally cool. But for the most part, you know, I think people see guys like Mark Zuckerberg, who's really smart. He's a lot smarter than I am. But the point is, you see a guy like that and you think, well, I should be also developing a billion dollar business at 20. And the reality is, is that no, you need to spend 10 or 15 years or even 20 years becoming an outlier. And when that an outlier is, is somebody who has 10,000 hours of experience. And they say that after 10,000 hours, whether you're tossing pizzas, driving a taxi cab, flying an airplane, or selling mission belts or selling anything, you become an expert. So I have way over 10,000 hours underneath my belt. So when I got on Shark Tank, guess what? They were dealing with a new entrepreneur, but they were dealing with a seasoned veteran professional salesperson who has been doing this for so long I mean, I'm Mr. Salesman, right? I mean, those guys, you know, they 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 met a match there, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, I mean, I, I got called yesterday by a VC company that wants to hire me to, you know, do some chore for them. You know, everybody wants me to go out and, you know, posture and sell things for them, right? And the, the thing about it is, is that this book Outliers is awesome because it'll really talk to you about what it takes to become ready to be great. Mm. It's not good enough just, you know, like I said, once again, nobody's going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger overnight. You have to prepare yourself and then. You can become Mr. Olympia or whatever it is. Definitely going to link to it in the show notes. I started reading the book. I haven't yet finished it. And I also want to link to your pitch. Your pitch was awesome on um, on, well, on Dragon's Den. On, sorry, on, on Shark Tank. You see, yeah, in the UK, I, we have Dragon's Den. It's Yeah, no, it, it's super <laughs> It's super cool. Maybe I could be on Dragon's Den over there. But instead of instead of like being on the show, maybe I could get people coffee or something. You know, that'd no, be cool. No, no, you should sit there. You should sit on, on board. Okay, finally, 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 how could um, the audience um, who wants to know, you know, follow you and find you, um, reach out to you. Hey, if you want to follow me, it's easy. If you can spell my last name, okay. my name is Nate Holtzaffel, H-O-L-Z-A-P-F-E-L. And because my name is so unique, I have all of my, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just Nate Holtzaffel, just type in Nate H-O-L-Z and it'll pop up. And of course you can always go to the Nate state of mind.com, um, Nate Holtzaffel.com nerdoutmultimedia.com and my favorite of all missionbelt.com so you can go to all those missionbelt.com okay so those are all places but if you put those links there for you know that you're on your website people definitely definitely, you know i'm crazy and and i actually do do my own twitter my own instagram the facebook stuff whatever i i I, uh i am i'm involved in the content creation but i'm actually the one doing the tweets so if you get a tweet it's from me 
If okay. you get a response, it's from me personally, wherever, somewhere here in America doing something crazy, whatever it is I'm doing. But I'll talk to anybody. And uh, I love Twitter and I think Instagram's a lot of fun. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being part of the show, Nate. It was amazing having you. Cheers. It was really nice having uh, having a chance to be on your show. Thanks so much. It's my first one in, uh, in uh, England. So thanks a lot for that. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. To help you get more actionable insights and e-commerce growth hacks that will help you 2X your online retail business, hop over to 2xecommerce.com. It's a blog dedicated to e-commerce and multi-channel marketing run by the show's host, Lay Campbell. 2xecommerce.com is packed full of articles and guides to help increase traffic to your store, increase repeat purchases, and average order value. Thanks for listening. Visit 2xecommerce.com.